Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, and my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going so swell today because we are talking about a division that I hold dearly, the AFC North. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Home wait, of the wait that's today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Home of the future wow. uh, 2021 season and a Super Bowl champions, hopefully, probably. Fingers crossed, toes crossed. Cleveland Browns, they're Cro- in that division. Cross them up. Uh uh, NFL MVP, Baker Mayfield. Whoa. Uh, NFL Russian leader, Nick Chubb. All right. Sounds right. Uh, NFL receiving leader, Odell Beckham Jr. I wasn't sure which one you were going to go with. I don't know. NFL sack leader, Miles Garrett. There you go. NFL interception leader, uh, Denzel Ward. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All kinds of good players on that team. Sounds about right. Well, you know, I, I can dream too. Yo, kids, <laughs> you can keep dreaming as well. Uh, so today we're talking AFC North. We're going to kick it off here soon. But before we do, a word from one of our fantastic sponsors, we don't have many more weeks to talk about our friends at DynastyDepot.com because when the season starts at the end of August, they stop their promo. What's the promo, you might ask? Is right now, if you use the promo code NERDS, you can get their yearly package for only $14.99 a year. And what do you get for $14.99 a year? You get all the options to go buy and sell teams at DynastyDepot.com. And what it is, is like you're buying and selling FFPC teams like you're on eBay. And what's an FFPC team? FFPC is another platform that hosts Dynasty Leagues that's never had a Dynasty League fold in the history of its platform. Wild. It's a fantastic league where you have high-stakes Dynasty Leagues, up to over $1,000 teams, right? And you could buy these teams that are $1,000 for maybe $100. Or maybe you could buy a $1,000 team for $2,000. And you're like, well, why did I do that? Well, that team might be absolutely loaded and ready to win a championship today. And Maybe then, it won last year. Then where's the payout going to be? Oh, you're making yeah. money hand over fist. Mucho dinero. And then if you listen to the Dynasty Nerds podcast and you dominate your rookie draft and trades, then you're just going to keep winning and winning and winning. So all you got to do is go to DynastyDepot.com, check it out. See what teams are for sale. And even if there's not teams for sale there, maybe you're a really good drafter and you could draft a really good startup team. You draft the team, you go to DynastyDepot.com, and you flip it right away. They got tons of prizes out there. One of my favorite ones is it doesn't matter what month entry level you play into for money wise you're you get points to register for the ffpc main event which has a payout of five hundred thousand dollars that's so that's a lot of bucks get out today dynastybo.com promo code nerds and get in there today and sign up you're so many very happy so many possibilities right so many endless possibilities. Mm-hmm. Now, let's jump into the AFC North here. Kick it off with the Cincinnati Bengals because we always go in alphabetical order. And at quarterback, they have Joe Burrow, Brandon Allen. At running back, they have Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, Travian Williams, and Chris Evans, who they took out of Michigan in the sixth round. Wide receiver Jamar Chase was not taking the sixth round. He was actually taking the fifth overall. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, Trent Taylor, and Morgan Stanley Jr. At tight end, they have Drew Sample and C.J. Azoma. So let's start off with Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow, as we all know, suffered that gruesome injury in Week 10 last week, last year, tearing his ACL and MCL. But he was 15 QB, QB 15 overall weeks 1 through 10. And he had very limited weapons and a very poor offensive line. 
Uh, the start of the season will be only 10 months, nine months from the injury, so he's likely not going to be 100% by then. Right now, there's, there's rumors of him struggling in camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's saying it's more mental than physical, but it's hard to think that he's going to be 100% come kickoff of week one, don't you think? Well, most guys take a full calendar year to really get cl- anywhere close to 100%. And this was week, what was it, 10 that he got injured during the yeah. during. During it was last gruesome. Year. Yep. Yeah, and it was not like this minor injury. I mean, we were talking about severe damage to multiple ligaments. I think it was both ACL and MCL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would not be a shock, for one, if he maybe didn't even start the first few games. I think he's on pace and on track, too. Everything's pointing to that he will. But it's it's definitely something to think about and consider that if you have a veteran guy that you feel solid about on your fantasy football team, Maybe putting him out there the first couple weeks until we get a bar- good barometer of exactly where Joe Burrow is. Yeah, he's not going to play in the preseason. So if you're in a super flex league, it would be nice to have a backup plan to Joe Burrow for week one. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where I feel like, you know, before they shortened the um, preseason and before players didn't really play much in the preseason starters, I feel like this would have been a nice opportunity for him to maybe get a few snaps behind that number one offensive sure. line, but not like. Not like week one of the preseason, maybe like a couple weeks into the preseason Three, or, four, or in yeah. the third in the third week of the preseason, just so he has a little bit of confidence going into the season. But but the way they run things nowadays, I think you're probably right. He probably won't end up playing much or at all in the preseason. But it's it's very hard for me to um, like that situation. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he needs to get. It sounds like he needs to get his confidence back, and and how you do that is is going out and playing. And, and to be able to do it when, when it's not live bullets, so to speak, um, in, in the preseason, I think would be a nice way to kind of get his confidence and, and, and just kind of get him rolling. But if he's not there physically and mentally, there's no sense of putting him out there. He is the franchise, and, and he's going to be there for a long time. And it makes me say, like, let's pull the reins back on Jamar Chase a little bit here in 2021 as well, because not only do you have Burrow, who hasn't played since Week 10 last year, you have Jamar Chase, who hasn't played at all in 2020, sitting out of his last year mm-hmm. in college out of LSU. So even though you hear about this rapport they have there at LSU, it's going to be almost two years since they really played together. And with Burrow's non-confidence, we're hearing Jamar Chase has a little bit of a struggle getting separation here yeah. in in camp, which, to be fair, he didn't separate a lot at college either. That he, dominated the, uh, he dominated the, the point of the ball. Yeah, yeah. The catch point was where he really dominated. and So it's not a huge shock to me that he's not separating super well, but we saw all these crazy 40 numbers for all the LSU guys, and all of them ran in the four threes. Of course they did. And yep. we were kind of wondering, like, eh, is that really? And so that tells me that more than likely that he's probably not a true four threes guy. He's probably a mid to low four fours, which is still plenty fast. Four six is fast enough at receiver. Yeah, as long as you're a good route runner and you can make things happen there. Uh, so I'm not surprised he's starting out slow. The time missed. Coming, coming into a, an offense where it's not the best offensive line. You have a quarterback that's coming off injury. Like, there's just so many different components to this that even though, you know, we had Devonta ahead of him, I still think he's going to be a good player in this league. But I'm still not sure, even, you know, back from when we were watching his tape, I'm not sure that he is going to be Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Terrell oh, Owens. Like, I, I think he'll be a all. good player. Right. But usually if you're drafting a guy top five in the NFL draft, you think he's going to be that kind of player? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, 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 I don't see that kind of upside with him. But you, 
like I, I saw this, I think I can't, I can't remember who it might've been uh, Ray who mentioned Des Bryant as a similar player sure. because they weren't big separators and they won at, at like the catch point and, and he was able to be a, fa- a good fantasy asset for four or five, four or five years. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that is how I see Jamar Chase. I see him probably taking a few years to get settled in, especially, you know, considering he, he missed a full year here uh, um, in 2020 and, you know, a couple of years from now, I think he's going to be a guy that is making big plays and, and going up and getting the ball in the end zone and scoring you a lot of fancy points based off of that kind of production. But when you don't have a step, a huge step to lose, once you do start slowing down in, in your late 20s, it could fall off pretty quick on it. For like a guy Des like Bryant. This, like, just like Des. Yep. Yeah. Digging into this a little bit more, like, you know, like you said before, we had Devontae Smith ahead of Jamar Chase. We were one of the very few dynasty uh, podcasts, few dynasty sites at all that. We consensusly had Devontae Smith ahead of Jamar Chase. A lot of people thought we were crazy. That's where we'll find out. You know, it's the fun thing about playing Dynasty is we find out the truth. Justin Jefferson had trouble separating last year in camp. We have no idea how right. this could play out. Exactly. Yep. So he'd still be number one there. Um, from from a fancy aspect, like it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't like I wouldn't be blown away if Elijah Moore, a second round pick, was a better fancy asset than Jamar Chase over the careers. Like it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. Um, because digging this a little bit more, there's the thing when I'm looking here is with the Bengals is, yes, Jamar Chase comes in at number five. He, he hasn't played in a year. He's going to struggle a little bit. And I know A.J. Green leaves. He takes 19% of the team targets with him. Um, but that doesn't even matter because Burrow didn't barely connect with him even when he threw right. to him, which was weird because Burrow was really accurate. And with his other receivers, he had a 72.8% completion percentage. And when it comes to the Bengals receivers, the Bengals ran a ton an absolute ton of three wide receiver sets, about 80% of the time. So this offense can support three fancy wide receivers if Burrow gets going. Higgins and Boyd, Boyd, Tyler Boyd, both averaged about eight targets a game last season. And Higgins is coming off a great rookie year, which he had 67 receptions for 908 yards and six touchdowns. And Tyler Boyd produced as well. So much so that Tyler Boyd was wide receiver 13 overall through week 10. When Burrow got hurt and Higgins himself was wide receiver 23. So when I think about that, obviously Tyler Boyd's going to be a free agent. Um, He's, he's going to move on elsewhere. Most likely. And when I look at T Higgins and I look at Jamar chase, would anybody be here also flown away, blown away if T Higgins was ended up being the number one fantasy wide receiver on the Cincinnati Bengals for the next couple of years, for the next couple of years. No, but I, I think Tyler Boyd signed a deal. He, he's there until 2023, so he's not. Oh, he is there. I thought it was next year. So 2023. So 2023 is his season. last year um, okay. um, with with their team. Um, so, so. But that, it's still a, a team that can support three wide receivers for how many wide receiver three sets that. Well, to be fair, uh, he might not be the coach after uh, the season. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll see. Everything could change after this year. If, if the offense stays, I do think they're going to be able to support the three guys because the tight ends there are, are almost a non-factor. I mean, sure. uh, CJ Uzoma, Uzoma is probably the best receiving threat there. Drew Sample is a second-round pick that I think is pretty much burned. It's wasted. I don't think he's a guy that can really produce from a fantasy standpoint. So it, it is the three wide receivers. It's the running back. Those are the four guys that are going to be getting the ball the most. And, and I think, you know, Joe Burrow showed – he showed in college that he can support that kind of uh, of three wide receivers easily. He, he likes to spread the ball around. And this offense, I, I believe, last year showed that they can as well. Yeah, Tyler Boyd might be one of the best dynasty values out there today. Sure. If you're looking for a solid wide receiver two um, with probably a floor of a wide receiver three potentially, Tyler Boyd might be a really good bang for your buck. There's a couple of receivers we're going to talk about because obviously we're talking about the NFC North and the Nerd Herd episode next – 
Uh, make sure you're joining the nerd herd at dynastynerds.com to catch that episode and all our dynasty nerds tools. But this is, this is a player. Sometimes you're just looking for value, right? We always talk about everybody in dynasty is always looking for the big trades, but a lot of times it's a small trades that push you over the edge for a championship. Yeah. In your league. And Tyler board, I think fits that perfectly. He's 27 years old. So he, he's never been this guy that was this wide receiver one. So he gets overlooked quite a bit. And they, they're bringing in this young hotness two years in a row in T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. And Tyler Boyd just has done nothing but produce at, at a pretty steady level throughout the last few years. Um, so he's, you know, he's my bold prediction is he's going to, for this year, is he, he's going to outproduce A.J. Green again, third year in a row. <laughs> <laughs> what a prediction. I don't know. So A.J. Bold. Green's reportedly having a really good camp yes. in uh, Arizona. Like a really, like, I hear all the time, like A.J. Saw, Green looks great. I saw here. some highlights. There doesn't. Look to be a little bit of juice left. I'm I'm surprised. That's all well and good, but when old man Rivers tweaks an ankle <laughs> and misses, Wait, Philip Rivers is back. <laughs> well, you never know, <laughs> but he's going to be out for six games. And then he's going to you know struggle to come back because he's 33 or something. He's old, you know. Yeah, so. he's older. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tyler Boyd though, good, very good offer, uh, very good value. Really. All three are assets I would consider. There's not many uh, teams that support three wide receivers that you say, hey, I want all three shares of these guys, but I would want shares of all three of these wide receivers, um, especially T Higgins, who I think, you know, in a couple of years from now, we could be looking at a situation possibly like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper and uh, CD lamb, you know, a situation right. that can support two high end wide receivers that Burrow puts it together. And, you know, again, Burrow had over 70% completion percentage when he was targeting any other receivers outside of AJ Green. And you mentioned Drew Sample is just a guy. And you're right. This offense simply right now, as it is put together, just doesn't target the tight ends. They're right. not even an option. You might get a game here and there, but if anybody ever gets excited about those games, like Drew Sample saw uh, a spike in production there. I uh, started with the Browns game, actually. We had yep. a really good game. Anytime you see a spike like that, you just want to sell. Third round pick, second round, anything you can get out of that, it's always a good spike. So all three receivers for Dynasty, uh, Look high. Who do you think will be the highest scoring fantasy weapon in the Cincinnati receiving court this year? I'm going to go with T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins will end up being the guy. I'm I, I'm, I'm struggling between him and Tyler Boyd because I I do think Jamar Chase is going to have a little bit of a slow start. Um, and so I think it's between those two guys in my brain and and T. Higgins. I'll I'll, I'll make a consensus because I just I I really liked him going out last year. And I think he has enough touchdowns, which put you know it always mm-hmm. comes down when you're close. Who's going to score yeah. more touchdowns? And I would put that on. T. Higgins uh, for the year. Now let's move over to the running back uh, here, which is probably the most exciting asset for the 2021 season on the Cincinnati Bengals, whether you're in Superflex or not. And that's Joe Mixon. Why is Joe Mixon so exciting? Because Joe Mixon should absolutely dominate a majority of all the running back touches this season, which should be a ton early and produces at a, as a high level fantasy running back one. And when I say early, it's because if Joe Burrow is not going to be hundred percent, they're going to really rely on that run game. Right. And they're already coming out saying, we don't want Joe Mixon to come off the field. We want to utilize him in a passing game. We want to utilize him on the ground. And if you've ever won the trade away Mixon, that'd be the time right there. Like week three will be prime trade time for Joe Mixon. If you ever want to get out, cause you should probably, he has a potential to be running back one overall going into week three. So oh, absolutely. You might be able to get super heat for Joe Mixon if that's a, if that's the time like you ever want to get out for Mixon, right? Right then and there. Because he's coming off a year where he saw his receiving increase a ton and he was running way more routes a game while also being fed on the ground. So they're going to utilize him in the passing game. They just get rid of Gio Bernard 
out there. Samaje P. Ryan is not an asset in the passing game. He's no. a ground pound kind of guy. So Joe Mixon is a running back. We should see where he, I think he was averaging over like nine targets a game last year when he was in there. So as a PPR three down running back, we saw guys like this last year. They're just being fed the ball a ton finish at a high level guy like David Montgomery, right? right? David Montgomery finished as running back four last year because he was being just fed on the ground and the air. And anytime you have a running back that is in that kind of position, it's going to dominate all the ground touches and air pat- receiving uh, for the running backs. That equals a high end running back one. Joe Mixon going into year two of his four year deal. Seems like a guy who's ready to finally, you thought was last year, right. ready to break out in a major way when it comes to fantasy football production. And he was on pace to do that. He was uh, running back seven through the games that he was able to play and then obviously got injured uh, after that. But he was he was on a really good pace to start the season, and it was really buoyed by those last two games where he was being targeted a ton in the passing game, and Gio Bernard just wasn't on the field as much. So this offensive line is slightly improved as well. Uh, Jonah Williams is now in his third season, his second one where he's actually playing he was their best offensive lineman last year. Uh, they also brought in Riley Reef from Minnesota. Not a great player by any stretch of the imagination. Good. He stabilized the position. Exactly. He's yeah. a very stable player. And I expected to still see the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line without you know taking Sewell in the first round be a, a bottom three offensive line, according to PFF. They have him as high as 24. Now, I know that's still not high, but that's much higher than I was expecting when past couple of years we've seen him at 30, 31, 32. Which I still think is it was a big mistake of them taking Chase over Sewell. Personally. I do too, but uh, we'll find out. But we, we will find out. As a Joe Mixon uh, truther, I was definitely rooting for the offensive lineman there. Yeah. Absolutely, I mean, of course. Yeah, and, and yeah, like you said, Mixon had really high marks there at the beginning of last year. So hopefully that'll t- continue. Hopefully he's fully healthy. There's, there's yeah, no it, reason to think that he wouldn't be. And and with him working behind even slightly improved offensive line, he should be able to sustain some of those. Um, those nice numbers that they that they showed late, you know, the the last three games he scored 42, 15, and and almost fifteen in PPR. So those are those are three back to back to back really good games um, to kind of hang your hat on from last year. A difference maker, yeah. a difference maker in a position that you want to have difference makers at. Again, running back ones are the cream of the crop when it comes to fantasy football production, and, and, and that's like, what I expect to have Joe Mixon. And like you had mentioned, all all three of those big games came with an uptick in targets too. So he was he was averaging like three or four at the beginning, and then he started he got six, eight, and then then three on the last one again. But it was an uptick, in, yeah, yeah, in the game that he injured. So it was an uptick in targets that really that really caused him. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was his routes that he was actually running. I was off there when I said about nine. I think it was his sure. actual routes run per game. That went up pretty significantly in this offense, and I do expect that to continue as he is. Again, there's not much behind him. Samaj P. ran a very capable backup running back. If you had him last year in your championship game, he gave you over 20 points uh, to help you for that push if you were a Joe Mixon owner. So, again, maybe maybe now's not the time to trade for Mixon, I don't think, right now. But, it, again, I don't think there will ever be a time this season to trade for Mixon. But if you ever want to trade him away, this would be the time to trade him away. And and Travion Williams, I mean, that's he's he's the probably the guy that's going to be that him Evans Puka. It's it's really tough to say at this point. Yeah, right. Evans Evans has some skills in the past game as well. So those guys will probably be fighting for scraps behind him as, right. as the third and fourth running backs. Um, so nobody of note. We'll right, it it's way. not Gio yep. anymore. Yep. No. And again, this is they're going to run thirteen personnel most of the time anyway. So it, it, it's just. They're gonna. It's gonna be out there. It's gonna be Joe Mixon. They're gonna be throwing him the football too. Mm-hmm. It's just he's gonna be down there every down. And Mike Brown's gonna get every dollar out of that guy as well. Because I'm like, I'm paying this guy a ton of money. Got to get him in there. 
Cincinnati Bengals. That's a very a lot, good Mike Brown. A lot. Thank you so much. <laughs> There's a lot of good dynasty assets in here. All three receivers, running back, and quarterback via Superflex. So very true. Yep. From that aspect, it's a good team. Now Absolutely. let's move on to the best team in the NFL. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. We, we, we missed Trent Taylor. He's on this team. The guy, the guy that I couldn't remember his name. He's <laughs> on the Bengals? I popped it. I saw him, I saw him on the... Um, like oh, way I, down the depth chart. I didn't say his name. Auden Tate, Trent Taylor, and Morgan Stanley. Jr. Oh, you did say there his name? Go. Oh, my, my bad. We didn't touch on him, though. Right. Oh. We, needed, we needed to break him down. <laughs> Matt, how do you feel about Trent Taylor? This I year? can't remember his name, but I liked him a couple years ago. <laughs> we don't need to be so touchy-feely on him. No. Because it's not really overly uh, promising. No, that was just that was just inside jokes. Now we'll move on to the best <laughs> football team in the NFL. This was just for funds, NFL. Rich. Rich. The Cleveland Browns. Uh, my favorite Super Bowl. football team. Mm. Yes, I feel... I've never felt so optimistic about the Cleveland Browns literally my entire life, my existence. Agree. So uh, for me, this is a very exciting year. Somebody who's been a season ticker for over a decade and somebody who lives and dies Cleveland Browns. Uh, my wife, she finds it very exciting sometimes. But uh, <laughs> let's break them down, shall we? At quarterback, D. Baker Mayfield, backed up by Case Keenum. Running back, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Demetric Felton. Wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashard Higgins, Kaderil Hodge. At tight end, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Harrison Bryant, and Steven Carlson. We'll start at the top with uh, the probably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Baker Mayfield. Uh, quarterback number 17 on the year last year and average on points per game, quarterback 17. But from week 12 on, Baker was QB8, and that includes week 16 versus Jets. Where they scored, where he scored a whopping six points due to COVID, hitting every single wide receiver and some of the offensive linemen. Um, it was a tough game. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so from that point on, he was better from from be, from that week on, week twelve on, he was better than Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, Matt Ryan, Kyler Murray, uh, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, and even Jalen Hurts. I know that being said, uh, he played some really easy pass defenses uh, that from week twelve on. So I know that had a, had a fact to do it as well, but he still executed. And he'll need uptick and pass and plays to keep that production up. And what I really like here is, you know, when I'm what I'm hearing out of the Cleveland uh, media and offense and everything I'm reading is that Stefanski wants to take this offense to another level. In his first year here, no offseason, COVID, everything, he wanted to keep it basically simple, run that Gary Kubiak offense, and you know, ground and pound the ball. And as it late, like I said, later in the year, as Baker got more comfortable, he opened a playbook and it passed a little bit more. I expected to kind of keep going. They didn't utilize the tight ends as we expected them to last year. Right. Usually takes the tight ends a second year in a, a new offense to really start to grasp the offense fully and to become better weapons there. So, you know, Harrison Bryant also looking great so far in, in camp. David yeah. Njoku is looking okay. Austin Hooper's just looking okay. But Harrison Bryant's looking really good. I think. I mean, I think both of those two tight ends that you mentioned, other than Austin Hooper, are just more athletic guys. So I think they're sure. going to stand out a little bit more than a guy like Austin Hooper that I see as more like a steady Eddie type of guy. Um, he'll get the job done, but he, he's not as athletically gifted. Correct. And, and things are different in, in game action, too, for some of these guys. Like, you see some of these guys look great in camp when they're not actually getting hit, really. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, So it's interesting to see, and I'm not necessarily saying those guys in particular, but with all of these players, especially with some of the rookies and stuff like that, camp tells you a little bit, but the actual game action is a lot different. Guys like Najee and Javante are better with pads on because of how physical they are and, and, and things like that. Definitely this early in camp when you're mostly hugging instead of tackling. Exactly. And, I, and listen, I realistically view Baker as... You know, I think I'll have some moments where he'll finish in a couple of years, like as right around here, like QB eight, QB nine. 
But I do more so look at them just for the way this offense so far, of how it's going, where they're going to run the ball 50% of the time with the running backs that they have. Just recently re-signed Nick Chubb to a three-year extension. He's here for four years. Nick Cream Hunt's here for two more years mm-hmm. as well. So they're going to utilize that for a Super Bowl run and ground and pound at ball. So I think Baker Mayfield's more of a realistic, because of his upside and how smart he is, um, which is, again, was my favorite attributes by quarterback, right? It's why I love Drew Brees so much. It's why Peyton Mann uh, is so good. It's why Tom Brady is so good. When you see a lot of these older quarterbacks have success, a lot of times when their arm strength diminishes, it's because they're so smart and they get the ball right. out so quickly with the football. So an accurate quarterback is going to equal production. And I do view Baker as more of like quarterback 13, 14, 15, uh, right around there. Some years he'll be quarterback eight, somewhere around there too. So a really good quality quarterback too in a super flex league. Someone you still kind of want because he's only 25 years old. So if you get a young quarterback that has those quarterback one finishes with high-end quarterback two finishes, that's a really good asset well, in super flex leagues. And you'll actually get the longevity because that is one of the things that I, I don't know that we always touch on as much because we talk about the quarterback and how important it is with the longevity. But some of these fly-by-night guys, they're not going to have longevity longevity because they might not be in the league in three years. We know he's established with this team. We know that he's the heartbeat of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Like He's going to be with this team for a long time. So, you know, when it comes to Jalen Hurts or Baker Mayfield, there's just so much more security in a guy like Baker Mayfield where Jalen Hurts might have some crazy upside, but we don't know what team he's going to be starting for next season, and, if he's starting at all. And unlike, unlike in the past, it seems like the Browns finally have the front office figured out and right. the coaching staff figured out. So there's a little bit of stability there as well, which, right. you know, in the past – Past twenty years, you you couldn't say that about no, them. not at so, all. So it is a little bit different now. And anytime you have a, a offensive line as good as the Cleveland Browns have, your quarterback's always going to do a little bit better because that's where Baker's always obviously struggled so far as when he's been under pressure at any moment he has struggled. But right now, the Cleveland Browns have arguably the best offensive line in all of football. PFF agrees with you. They have him ranked as the top offensive line coming into the season. Had them finishing as the top last season as well. Which brings you to not only a good quarterback, what a very good running back can do. So. When you have a good offensive line, it can make any average running back look better. When you have a really good offensive line, you have two really good running backs, they're going to make them look like all pros. And the Browns have just that. They have Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb. I mentioned Nick Chubb gets extended. Cream Hunt's on a really team-friendly deal as well for two more years. And these are guys, which is a really weird situation that we don't see. We talk about in, in fantasy all the time, can a team support two wide receiver ones? Can they have that? You don't ever talk about a running back situation where, can this team support two high-end running backs? Well, the Cleveland Browns have done that. Last year, they had two running back ones on the year, running back number 10 overall and running back number 11. And Chubb missed four games last year, and he still finishes running back number 11 on the year. Chubb averaged 17.3 fantasy points per game, which Mm. was eighth best amongst running backs. With more than two games, uh, you know, miss. So for him, that that's a real nice look for a guy like Nichelle. We all know he's a high-end fantasy football running back in the Derrick Henry kind of category because when it comes to PPR, right, exactly. he's not as involved. And had you extrapolated his stats out for a full 16 games for Nick Chubb, he would have been RB4 on the season last year. So had he not missed those four games and just played at the same consistency that he was the rest of the year, we're looking at running back four on the season. Yeah, and when I was, the 17.3 points per game was actually best amongst running backs that played more than two games because I always got to say that because Antonio Williams had that one game he played right. in, and he, have, he was the number two overall points per game. So Christian McCaffrey. And, um, and, I, and obviously, Kareem Hunt is the best backup running back in the league yep. and a valuable asset when Chubb is in 
or whether Chubb is out because he averaged actually a half point more per game when Chubb was actually active and on the field. And when you look at it, weeks one through four, because Chubb got hurt in week five, Hunt was running back number seven overall, and Chubb was running back 15 overall in PPR leagues. Weeks nine through 17, Chubb was running back six, Hunt was running back 18. And that's where I realistically expect them to align going forward. I, I look at it as, you know, Hunt will have some running back one games, but mostly a, a mid-range to high-end running back two, why Chubb consistently puts out those running back one numbers. Both very quality assets on your dynasty team or any fancy team, and you can literally start both on a week-in, week-out basis. And I love the way they use those guys, too. I mean, it's like Nick Nick Chubb comes in, pounds the heck out of guys, and then they'll give a whole series to, to you know, to Kareem Hunt. He'll come in and do his thing, he'll, but he'll, you know... There'll be more passes thrown in that in that series than in the last one. It, it, it's it's just a very creative way that they've used these guys, and and it's very good for fantasy production. I feel like they can be supported, you know, both those guys, and and they've shown it in the past. And it's just it's just an exciting feeling for I guess a Browns fan, but also you know from from just somebody that likes fantasy and, and like these little nuances um, uh, that it's it's very interesting the way they've used them. What do you think's a price tag in Dynasty right now for Kareem Hunt? What do you he's it's so weird because you're buying a backup running back who puts up good numbers. Like, what are you paying for a guy like Kareem Hunt? Are you paying a 2022 first for him? If it's late, if it's you know, pick eleven, pick twelve, probably that's because teams are starved for running backs. Even yeah. though we have a slight influx compared to some years, it's still tough to get more than two solid backs on your team at any given time. So I, I think you're gonna have to give up a low end first maybe you could get away with like two high-end seconds if you're lucky but to get a mid-range rb2 that's kind of the price tag that is the price tag i I feel like that's what you have to give up for him for sure and he's he's 26 years old he's got this year and next year on his on his contract so you know he'll be hitting it roughly 27 28 um, free agency so you you know as long as he's not getting worn down and it it doesn't look like they're going to overuse him the next couple of seasons you probably should be able to get another year or two out of him after that. And a different team on a as running back one. Yep. I mean, coming off his back-to-back Super Bowl champion, I mean, that's going to get that's gonna be a really good resume for <laughs> uh, Cream Hunt. So I'm very excited for him and his future. Obviously, a local kid from where we live here as well, too. And then going to the receivers, you know, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Obviously, Jarvis Landry last year, uh, you know, the way they run the offense, got a downtick in, in his production. Finished as a very low-end wide receiver three. I think it was mm-hmm. around wide receiver 36, which is about as low as you could possibly go um, as wide receiver three. And we'll see again. I'm very intrigued how they're going to utilize the passing game this year, if they're going to take that step forward. I do expect Odell Beckham to be the number one receiver on this team. And, you know, Odell Beckham hasn't done anything since 2016. He's been hurt year in, year out. Uh, he had a 1,000-yard season a couple of years ago uh, for Cleveland when he first got here, but that was about it. Can we see a scenario where Odell Beckham finishes as a wide receiver one in 2021? Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely, you know, within his realm of possibilities. Because uh, he he certainly has the talent. It's it's whether or not he's going to be able to stay healthy. He hasn't been able to do that since God knows how. Yeah, 2016. I couldn't remember the exact date. Um, so I think he can do it. I, I don't think Jarvis is as big of a hindrance, I think, as he was in the past, you know, I don't think he's going to command as many, the, the volume of targets. I, I think he's Jarvis is still going to have uh, impact on the game. I think he's still going to be a low end, you know, wide receiver three, but he's not going to be commanding 140 targets a year. You know what I mean? So, uh, so Odell Beckham, I think is still going to be able to get a nice chunk of change and he can do a lot with that. 
it's it's going to be clearing up the little things that I saw when he was in there, you know, at the beginning of, of last year. And it was there, I, there were timing issues. There were, it seemed like Baker at times was forcing the ball. At least that's how I saw it. So as long as they've cleared that stuff up through a, a nice full camp this season and, and, you know, getting, getting this offense rolling, I think he can be a huge weapon. I'm, I'm not sure that he can be a wide receiver one. It, it's, it's in the realm of possibility. Sure. But I think the biggest hindrance to it is just raw target numbers. So we just talked about the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals literally passed the ball, with Joe Burrow being hurt even, 100 more times last year than the Browns did. This is probably going to be a slightly better defense than it was in years past. So I expect them to be you know, not playing from behind very often. You have that great offensive line. You have two good running backs. I don't know that there's going to be a huge uptick in passing, maybe just because it's in a more efficient offense. Maybe we see an extra 50 pass attempts. But Jarvis Landry, who led the team in targets last year, only had 101 by himself. Yep. So that's that's the hard part. You almost have to cross that 120, 125 threshold to even have a shot at it. And I just don't know that he, even if he gets there, he, I don't see him going above that. I think we, I think it'll be pretty close. I think he does have a shot at wide receiver one if he can get back to form, which again, it's a long shot when you haven't done this long. So it's not guaranteed. I do, if I had to predict where Odell Beckham is going to finish, it's going to be wide receiver 13 to 16 within that range with my prediction. But I'm with Matt. It wouldn't shock, obviously it wouldn't shock anybody if Odell Beckham had a monster year, came out sure. at 1,500 receiving yards and double-digit touchdowns. I think the guy to buy here, the name to mention here, is Donovan Peoples-Jones, former six-round pick, rookie last year out of Michigan, uh, who was a former five-star recruit coming out of high school, and Justin Produce at at Michigan. Kind of like, same thing we were kind of talking about Nico Collins out there totally. in Houston. Yep. And right now, the, the hot, if you ask any beat reporter, anybody that stops in Cleveland that covers the Cleveland Browns, who's the MVP of camp? So far, it's Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's had a really good connection with Baker Mayfield, and he's dominating the defensive backs. And you got to remember, the defensive backs he's playing with, when you think of Brown's defense, we're talking about guys like Denzel Ward, top five pick. Greg Newsom, first round pick. Greedy Williams, second round pick. So the Browns have really upped their secondary. Bring in John Jones from the Rams. They have Ronnie Harrison. And, of course, Grant Delpit's coming off the Achilles injury. So the secondary is pretty good. Ronnie but Harrison. Donovan, Ronnie Harrison? Safety. Safety. Oh, okay. okay. I was thinking... Uh, Rodney Harrison from the uh, from the Patriots. 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 I was like, yep, yep, wrong wait, guy. what? He's retired. <laughs> and for Donovan Peoples-Jones has been MVP of the camp. So the Browns really feel like they have something here in Donovan yeah. Peoples-Jones. So if you want to trade for a receiver where if maybe the, like it doesn't work out with Odell Beckham or maybe they want to get out without these salaries, and I don't even predict this to be the 2022 season. I think it's going to be more so like the 2023 season. Donovan Peoples-Jones has the opportunity to be the number one receiver on this team. I, I I think that's definitely the plan. I think that I think he is the future at the position here, and, and I love that the the fact that he's he's lighting up camp and he and he flashed last year. Um, oh yeah, the big catch in the Cincinnati the Bengals, game, yeah, big time. But if you look at the the contracts of Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, two guys that are twenty nine years old, both of them, um, Odell's last year is is twenty twenty three, and Jarvis last Jarvis's last year on the, his deal is twenty twenty two. Both of their deals. Uh, Odell Beckham has no guaranteed money next year. You can, you can, they can literally save fifteen million dollars by cutting him and have no dead money. And 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 Jarvis is, it, it's I think he's he counts like fifteen million dollars against the cap. 
Um, but he only has like a million dollars worth worth of dead money. So you can save a ton of money next year as well. If so, if you got rid of one of them or either one of them, you're looking at fifteen million dollars to thirty million dollars. And for a team that needs to sign some guys still, um, Baker Mayfield name, being one of them, namely Baker Mayfield and, and and Denzel Ward also has has an extension coming. Correct? He hasn't yeah, gotten he, extended he'll, yet. He'll probably get extended here soon. And why tell her? Um, but, but right there, I'm going to say the, the caps can go up so much here in a year that I don't think it's really going to be outrageous to have over two receivers that make a total of 14 and $60 million. And I actually see them restructuring Jarvis's Landry. Cause I think, I, I think as from a team chemistry wise, I think Jarvis is the one they would want to keep. I think, I think Jarvis is also, but, but that, that clean cut on Odell Beckham, it, if he doesn't produce this year, if it doesn't work out, if, yeah. if things with him and Baker don't mesh, that's going to be a clean cut. And then they're going to be looking to fill that void of the number one wide receiver. This is my whole point. And Donovan Peoples Jones, the way he's been producing, he might be Could a guy that just that. slides right in. Six, he's the only guy with size on that team that that has that kind of explosive ability. This could definitely be a situation, especially a team that's pretty solid in most of their positions. We could easily see them draft somebody in this next year's class as well. Yeah. I, I So I like, I like Donovan Peoples Jones as a buy in Dynasty. And of course, we've been saying this for now, going on about you know, six, eight months that Harrison Bryant in, in a Superflex tight end premium league is an absolute no. buy, even in that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we get him for cheap. Harrison Bryant's a great buy because he does show out in practice. And remember, this guy who we thought was a former wide receiver, essentially, gun out there playing receiver, he's bulked up 14 pounds so he can block a little bit more. He's the future at tight end as well. So, if you're looking for two players that offer really good upside on this team, it's going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones and Harrison Bryant. More likely for the 2023 if, season. If you had to pick between those two guys on predictionstrike.com, which one would you take? I would take Donovan Peoples-Jones. Me too. Donovan Peoples-Jones. All right, well, you too can take Donovan Peoples-Jones on predictionstrike.com. It is the only platform where you can buy, sell, trade players just like the stock market. They have this wonderful app that's in the app store for iPhones. And on top of that, with the promo code DYNASTY, you can receive 10 free dollars with your first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code DYNASTY to receive 10 free dollars with your first deposit of $20 or more over at predictionstrike.com. Oh, got to get in there. Got to make some money, Prediction Strike. Dude, what it? They're giving you free money to make money, can't right. you? Right. I love Prediction. What a great app too, right? Uh, let's talk about somebody else as well. Something that I love. Something right. that my significant other loves, which just so happens to be my wife, not Matt. Nope. Um, <laughs> let me just get your attention. I'm the listeners. other other. From the all other. across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Cleveland, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower. 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocker ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code nerds. Listen, there's never a wrong time to bonsai that bush, right? You got to be well-groomed not just for yourself to feel more confident. You know, again, all, your, all that body here, trim it down. Trim it down. For you, your significant other, for your lady friend, for your guy friend, it doesn't matter. They want somebody who not only looks good, but when they cuddle against them, feels good. Feels good. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, you, they have so many good products here. I've been using Manscaped now for almost two years, and I absolutely love it. I think it's a great tool. 
out there. I mean, Matt, you say all the time, why you know why have a nice garden with all those weeds in there? Yeah, you got to trim them up, man. That's the last little. It's the finishing touch, so yeah. to speak. It has a light on there. You recharge it. It's waterproof, so you can leave it, use, use it in the shower. They have so many great different condiments that come along with it. Yeah, condiments like ketchup, mustard, salt, pepper, <laughs> you know, all say, that good stuff. Condiments, the right word. Yeah. Uh, condiments, <laughs> yeah. They're condiments. That's what they are. Condiments. So um, they got so much good out there. They got the hair trimmer, the nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver, ball deodorant. That stuff is absolutely great. You know what donor. I love about love these it. reeds? I can't tell where the reed ends and rich begins. I know. Because it's just, seamless. it all meshes so seamlessly. Yeah, it really is. I love them. I love man. I, mean, that's, I swear, I, I just, this is. They, I had a manscape before they even became an advertiser with us. Yep. That's you how sure, much great it's it is. Like, it's like where his happy trail ends and his stomach begins. We have no, <laughs> no idea. idea. No, no idea. idea. No so idea. remember, get One 20% off and free shipping with the promo code nerds at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code nerds at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you. Let's move on, shall we, to what team? Baltimore Ravens? Yeah. That's the team we're talking about, Garrett. The Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. You're good at your ABCs. At quarterback, they have Lamar. R and S are close. It's so not it was R. stuff I had to think about it. I said we're doing alphabetical order and I started the Cincinnati Bengals. But anyways, the Baltimore Ravens at quarterback, Lamar Jackson, Trace McSorley, Tyler Hunt. Bengals. Bengals before Browns. Browns. Ravens. Steelers. Boom. Shaka Laka. <laughs> Running back, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. And wide receiver Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman. We got to talk about him because he got hurt today. Oh, mm. I think I'm in round one. Sammy Watkins, Miles Boykin, Devin Duvernay, Tylen Wallace. They took him in the fourth round. And James Prochet. At tight end, Mark Andrews, Josh Oliver, who they traded for uh, yep. this offseason. Former second round pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars only two years ago. And Nick Boyle. So Mark Andrews in those last year. Yeah, but he'll get resigned for sure. Mm-hmm. This offensive line is remade this year um, after the injured last year. They hurt the left side last season. Uh, it's interesting. The right side is now much older, right? They bring in Andrew Villanueva from the Steelers and Kevin Zeitler from the New York Giants. They paid Zeitler pretty good for three years, and they need that because Jackson was pressured 30% last year on all his throwing plays. So they, that offensive line is going to help him out tremendously. And Lamar Jackson obviously wasn't running back one overall, quarterback one last year. Yeah, sure, but he's still like the first quarterback ever to have back-to-back thousand-yard rushing years, isn't he? I believe so. I believe. I think that's you're correct, correct because I don't think Mike Vick did it. I think he hit like 900 and then a thousand in a different season. A, a big drop from you know he had he had a lot of touchdowns thrown, not a lot of uh, interceptions thrown. Obviously, he had over a thousand yards rushing with this new offensive line with much better receivers now because they obviously they they did they went out there and tried to up. Uh, upgrade the receiving game drastically. Marquise Brown, former uh, first-round pick. They went out and draft Rashad Bateman in the first round. They signed Sammy Watkins as well. They have a bigger guy like their Miles Boykins. Um, James Prochet's having a nice camp. They draft Tylen Wallace in the four, fourth round. So they, they went out there to incre- increase this passing game tremendously for Lamar Jackson, who looked good in 2019. Do we think... Lamar Jackson get back to that more so the 2019 form, or do we see him more so in the 2020 form here in 2021? I mean, it's very difficult. Obviously, last year he he dealt with some stuff. He he went through COVID and 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 had it, you know, during the season there. I think I think that was difficult for a lot of players to go through. Um, and then he got it again, right? So at the beginning of training camp here, he's missed I don't know ten days or something like that um, during training camp itself because he because he had COVID and he said he's going to talk to team doctors um, 
just see whether or not he wants to get uh, end up getting the vaccine. Yeah, or end up getting the vaccine or not. But um, so I guess I, I guess I don't know where exactly where I was going with all that. But that that's a difficult situation, I guess, to uh, have to deal with this early in camp again after having dealt with it last year. But last year was a year where we saw we we thought there was going to be a regression, right? I mean, right. the 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 2019 years, the touchdowns were insane. It's so just not sustainable. It wasn't sustainable. Can it happen again? I mean, sure, but I don't I don't see it happening. I, I feel like the, the the defenses in the NFL have adjusted, um, so I I think they know how to kind of slow him down enough where he can't go buck wild. They're going to force him into some situations that he doesn't like. And, and namely, they're going to try to make him beat him with his arm a lot more. I mean, it's easier said than done because he's a very special athlete, but and, and he's going to break out sometimes. But I, sure. I I feel like the 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 amount of times is just it's just going to be narrowed. It's going to be lessened by by all the defenses kind of knowing how to pin him down a little bit. The weirdest the weirdest part, not weirdest, but the most difficult part in all of this is, I think the team knows that they can win games with Lamar Jackson, the athlete. Mm-hmm. But what I don't think they are as confident in, and I think that was proven by how much they invested in the line and specifically the receivers this year, is they can win regular season games, but can they win playoff games with Lamar, the athlete? I think they're they're believing that they he needs to improve as a passer. They need more passing yards. They need more big plays down the field. They need outside the numbers stuff. They need all of that. Right. So it's it's going to come to this weird impasse where Lamar Jackson is at his best when he's being creative and making plays with his feet, but they need him to do more of this. So I don't know which part of that is going to win out. Is he still a locked and loaded top 10 asset for fantasy football at the quarterback position? Absolutely. Yep. It's whether or not he can get back into that top three or four, I think is the question. And what do they want to mold him into? Because you're right. I mean, come the playoff time, you know, yeah, they, they had Tennessee, but they only scored three points versus Buffalo. So they weren't overly productive And that's not an there. amazing defense either. Not an amazing defense at all. So we mentioned they bring in Rashad Bateman. And Rashad Bateman is somebody who we absolutely loved coming in out this year. One more thing before we pass, before we move on from Lamar. I don't know if, if many people know this, and I don't know how much of a factor it's going to be, but he represents himself. He does not have an agent. And he has a contract that's going to be coming up very soon. Right. I don't know how that gets done or kind of where that lands due to the fact that he's representing himself. Um, but that could be a sticky situation to just keep an eye on as well. Yeah, if he's smart, he's just like, hey, give me the same contract Josh Allen just got. Look me up. Right. Try. So here's the deal. Like, it's one thing when an agent is on, on your behalf saying, these are the numbers I want. And then the and then the team says, ha, 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 yeah, right. You're not nearly as good as this guy at doing this. That's not he's not saying it to the player, he's saying it to the agent, and the agent doesn't necessarily say that back to the player, but now the player is the agent. Like how yeah. do you, it can get sticky if if that those it, kind of it, negotiations it feels feels weird, can get hurt. Athlete, can get I mean, hurt. Coming off, things can happen. So I just I don't know, it's kind of weird. Coming off twenty nineteen, where is a you know unanimous MVP. MVP MVP in a team where that literally they didn't have him would be in a very McSorley situation. So <laughs> for me, it, it, it's very interesting. 
And like I said, they bring in Rashad Bateman good. to help him. They're bringing, all these, they're bringing Sammy Watkins, who's having an okay camp out there, mm-hmm. too. And maybe Sammy Watkins can finally be a little bit healthy. Maybe hey, week one, team. Sammy Watkins. Week one. Week one, every year, Trade 50 him points. Best. Trade him. 50 points. <laughs> Trade him after week one. <laughs> the biggest news today, Rashad Bateman's soft tissue injury. Looks like a groin Ugh. comes up. I mean, this is... So he's been banged up. He had a core, he had a core uh, muscle injury there early. Now this, I don't know if they're tied together. This is This unfortunately stinks like one of those... Um, it smells like, to me... One of these things that they're trying to, they're trying to work around something that he probably needs to have one of these core muscle surgeries on, and he's gonna he's gonna it's gonna keep nagging, and he's gonna have the surgery. We're gonna miss we're gonna be missing Rajad Bateman for half this year, which which tells me like I'm instantly then now moving Elijah Moore up above Rashad Bateman because Bateman was having a great camp. He was looking good, like he's gonna be the Ravens' number yep. one receiver. But I'm with you and Matt. You've over the last seven years in this podcast, this situation's coming up probably about seven times, like once a year. And you always come out like, oh, smells fishy to me. It seems like this. And you're right almost all the time. That's what it's, it feels like that's what's going to happen now again. I, I, I'm not like, I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be alone. I just, right. I've just seen these kind of things roll out and I've seen people try to like delay things and kind of, they don't have to say everything at this point of the year. Sure. And you can, you just kind of feel the pattern kind of uh, developing here. And that's, that's how I see it happening. I, I have no idea. He could be, right as rain in another week and be right back out there. But that's kind of how it feels anyway. Yeah. So just be careful with your Rashad Bateman shares. Uh, if you're trying to trade for him or whatnot, but it might be, it might be a dip that you want to buy. If he goes on IR, sure. for example, um, so it's going to leave us with Sammy Watkins, Marquise Brown probably is the one two. obviously Mark Andrews is probably be the number one receiver there, sure. but and Mark Marquise Brown's not someone we ever loved in dynasty. And every time that I, I would talk, like down on Marquise Brown as a fancy asset. People would have like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. He's this big game. And yeah, he's a roller coaster and he's really fast, but his hands are buttered up as he had a 15.3% drop rate last year. And this team's lack of quality wide receivers had Brown targeted the second most of the team by a large margin. I mean, he saw 45% of the team's targets. Only Devontae Adams saw more per team. And Jackson's accuracy wasn't bad last year, throwing downfield, but his receivers just weren't catching the football, which does throw some upside here for Lamar Jackson as a passer because he's not as bad as I ever thought he would be as a passer. He's getting a little bit better. So to go along with Brown's slippery fingers, the team has a hole, didn't catch the football. They had a 30, 37% of the catchable balls thrown they didn't catch last year. They were thrown past 15 yards. And I knew Bateman was going to come up really big here because he had really reliable hands. He's a receiver and get open downfield. And now losing him, you're relying on a guy who has a ton of drops, who doesn't have reliable hands, and Sammy Watkins, which we just don't know what he has. So let's probably go back again to the Mark Andrews show. Yep. Uh, again, and Andrews missed two games last year. And even that being said, some people might think Mark Andrews has a dip. But he really, all it really was is he saw his touchdown production drop a little, and overall he was still tight in three on a points per game basis. Yeah, I mean, as going back to you know Marquise Brown, I, I feel like it was an indictment enough that they went out and made such a concerted effort to go get you know all these all there was three guys that they brought in in the offseason, right. and and it's because those guys weren't producing. They're trying to eliminate. Um, I think excuses for Lamar. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to get him as they're trying to bolster the offensive line. They're trying to get him the wide receivers, like you had mentioned, Garrett. And and all of that, I think, is an indictment on the guys that were there. And 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 those stats that you just read out, they read to that as well. So it, they they definitely Marquise Brown. I, I feel like is is a 
is an okay NFL player. He was probably overdrafted in the NFL, and maybe he would have been better in a different offense, in a different situation. But the offense that he's in, with the situation that he's in, they just it's it's not a it's it's a square peg round hole type of uh, sure. feel for me. And, and uh, they had other guys who offered upside too. I mean, Devin Duvernay was a nice little shifty prospect that offered some upside. Yeah, absolutely, Miles Boykin was a nice big receiver coming out of Notre Dame that you know we thought struggled mostly because of the quarterback change that went on midseason there. But none of them would come up and produce there for Lamar. They make a catch, catching footballs. And like you said, they revamped the whole room, essentially, bringing yep. in three new guys with basically they have now they have three first-round picks there and a fourth-round pick in Tylen Wallace. And at, at a camp, you're hearing James Prochet is having a really yeah. nice camp, who somebody I know, Garrett, you liked uh, a couple of years ago. I liked yeah. him as well, yeah. Yeah, explosive player, explosive athlete, uh, does some good things in the return game, stuff like that too. So it, but that's going to be the hard part is there's a lot of exciting names in this room. But one week to week, who will be the one that makes the big play? And they can't keep all these guys either. Exactly. So there, it's just we thought that Rashad Bateman was going to be the stabilizing force and he was going to be – the guy, and I still think he probably will be, but this is hopefully not as bad of a setback as we're thinking. Um, but it definitely hurts. But combined with Lamar Jackson being, you know, missing so much time and him being gone, there's there can't be much chemistry there built just yet. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens with Baby. And obviously, I think a lot does rely on it right now. I love I love the gamble on Sammy Watkins just for the hope because I know the natural talent for Sammy Watkins is there. It's just can he stay healthy? You're going to suggest gambling on Sammy. He's Watkins. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> you, I, that's, that's I just, boy. you cannot I mean, quit. It's just on his ADP and where he's going right you. now. I mean, and Sammy Rich. Watkins doesn't cost you much. Rich, Sammy, <laughs> come back to me, Sammy. I uh, I saw a tweet the other day from Daniel Jeremiah. I had to make sure I looked it up uh, to to make sure I got it right. But Daniel Jeremiah, and he's one of for me. He's one of the the goats in the industry. Like when it comes to scouting players and, and looking at players, he former scout. He's a former scout. He articulates his points very well. Like I'm I'm all about it. He his first note when he talked about Ravens camp was buy all of the J.K. Dobbins shares, which seemed to be like directly at fantasy <laughs> yeah, football guys. Because yeah. I don't know how else you would do that. Yeah, uh, he did say he went back in the second tweet said. For fantasy football, you want J.K. Dobbins, and and that was really encouraging to me because as a player, loved loved the guy. He was, you know, as far as tape score, he was my top back in the class last year, and we saw a lot of really good things when he got the ball. It was just some limited touches overall because sharing time with Ingram and then Gus Edwards, and you know they don't throw the ball a ton. But if he's looking this good once again, at at some point. You just got to make sure you get your playmakers the ball, and it sounds like he's he's looking like that guy. Yeah, the big thing here for Dobbins is they want to get him involved in the pass game. They're showing videos out there. The team's tweeting about it as well. So if he gets involved in the pass game, I mean, look out running back one because you, you mentioned that he didn't have just a lot of opportunity last year. He averaged six yards per carry last year for 805 yards on 134 t- attempts with 152 touches for 925 total yards from scrimmage. The team, like I said, really building him up out here. We know he could do do well in the passing game because he did it at Ohio State. So running back one finish is in sight, right? This is a team that we mentioned wants to protect Lamar. They want to see what else they can mold Lamar into a little bit besides just being a running quarterback. He, Like Matt said, he'll still be that guy. But J.K. Dobbins looks to take a step forward. Some people thought the guess at Gus Edwards was like a setback to Dobbins. I really don't. 
I know Gus Gus averaged average five yards per carry, but I think they'll utilize Edwards, but doesn't hurt J.K. Dobbins at all. If they get him involved in the passing game, this is a guy who averaged six yards per carry last year. We saw in his college tape how elusive he could be in shifting an open mm-hmm. field. I mean, he gets matrix-style uh, cuts out there. J.K. Dobbins, to me, easily could take a big step forward, and we could end up seeing multiple running backs this year finish as running back ones that we thought were going to be high on running backs last year. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me with what's going on in the Colts right now. It wouldn't shock me if somehow we saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, and Antonio Gibson finish higher than Jonathan Taylor for the 2021 Ooh, season. It's bold. It would not shock. It would not shock me. Now, do I think, I'm not saying I think that happens, right? But I think all those players I just mentioned, all high off, upside for sure. Offer yeah, tremendous definitely. upside going into the season. And if you add Jonathan Taylor in the mix, that is six running backs guys. Yeah. Cause Cam Akers is out, right? Cause he'd be seven, right? Six running backs from last year's class that offer running back one upside. And if they hadn't screwed over James Robinson. Oh, my Lanta. And then you add guys in there that offer this year, like guys like Najah Harris, who would be eight. Then you got the cream of the crop. You got Dalvin Cook, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb. Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott. Nick Chubb. You know, it's, uh, Nick no, Chubb's no, in Nick there Chubb. twice. He's so good, yeah. I got to say it twice. Or Alvin Kamara. And we could put him in. We could Alvin Kamara. Once Aaron Jones. Alvin. I mean, we have a real... It's a it's a true challenge this year to be to that be running back one. one. We see it always change because of mostly opportunity. And maybe that... And Joe Mixon. And we injury. Yep. And Joe Mixon. An injury. But that being said, looking into this as a clean slate of nine injuries, we're looking at a situation here where there's a lot of young talented running backs out there that are vying for only 12 spots. Christian McCaffrey to is, me is the, only, I think Christian McCaffrey to me, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin cook are the only, and Alvin Kamara, the only lot. <laughs> and, 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 and then this other one, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb. And, and, and that's the thing. And that's the thing. Are we getting to a point in, at the running back position? And, and this will be very short lived because the running backs turn over so quickly, but are we at a spot right now where we've got, five guys that are elite and then we've got 12 to 15 guys that are going to finish in a very similar range. I, I think you're probably right. And that was kind of right where, where my mindset was. And we even saw that last year. Yeah. Um, the, the top three guys of uh, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, and I can't think of who the third one. I can't remember who the third one. But there, they had finished the gap between running back three and running back four of David Montgomery was like, 70 points yeah. difference. And so we saw some of that last year where there's kind of this little bit of an upper tier. And then there's a lot of really solid running backs that could, you're absolutely right, could finish RB6 or could finish RB13. Right. So the difference between RB6, RB13 is basically a point a game and it's not even going to move the needle. So who the heck cares? You know, like right. you got one of these guys and that's great. And maybe it's better to shoot for one of these low, lower end guys because the price tag is, is much lower than instead of paying for one of these guys, that's way up by sure. five, but you're really only getting a point. And, where, and where's the opportunity fall in for some of these guys? Cause there's tons of other random backs. We didn't mention to have opportunity as well. You know, a guy like Travis Etienne in Jacksonville might have the opportunity to flirt with those, some of those numbers. And these are guys that are just that we're talking about that. And Montgomery did it last year, and we're still running expecting him to be, you know, running right. back twenty. So yep. exactly, and it, it, it's not even a name. It's not even knocking David Montgomery. It's just there's so many talented running backs, but survival of the fittest. Yep. Right. Back to back to JK. It's Dobbins. a war of nutrition. It's a war of nutrition. Get it's a your, war of nutrition. Get your so bananas. What do you think? <laughs> J, do you think JK Dobbins right now? If I said yes or no, you had to say it 
he was finished as a running back one or running back two. What are you saying? Because out of all these names mentioned, do you think J.K. Dobbins falls in this category? Because I think the injury to Rashad Bateman is going to help force this cause. It's already the number one rushing team, and I know you mentioned before because Lamar Jackson makes him the number one rushing team. I think Dobbins is one of these guys that's going to finish as a running back one in 2021 season. And we, we're probably we should do a show in the soon, like, there's so much talent there. Who do we think are top 12 at their position well, to we finish do, this year? Yeah, we do that before the season every single yeah. year. So that'll be coming up maybe even next week. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but if I had to pick today, it pains me. But I will say no. I'm, I'm actually, I feel the same way. I, that, and I was almost going to use the same words. So thanks for stealing them You're welcome. out of my mouth. Uh, but <laughs> give, give them back. <laughs> I just I like you'd mentioned I, I think he I think he's gonna end up very close to those numbers. I just don't think he's gonna get there. And I, and it's Gus Edwards and it's you know what I mean. I think Gus Edwards is gonna do Lamar just, Jackson just enough and Lamar Jackson's gonna be able to steal just enough long T D runs where it's like, damn it. Uh, I'll see where I'll see where I finish because what we do is we take we each just we give a list of like eighteen running backs and we just average them out to see who gets out there, we put them in order. It's gonna be weird I I have JK Dobbins because if he's gonna do it, and like most running backs on this list it's going to have to be because he's more involved in the PPR game. So, like, how serious are they involved by throwing the football? And by everything I'm reading out of camp so far, which, again, it's too early to you know, mm-hmm. concrete that right now, it looks like that's the way they want to go. And I've seen J.K. Dobbins do it. And his yards per carry oh, yeah. and, how he, and what, how he is with the ball in his hands, I think J.K. Dobbins right now, just not of anything but just a gut feeling, not doing any studying yet, I think J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins does finish as a running back one for the 2021 season. So we're, we're going to find out. Yeah, we will. I can't wait. So that's it. That's AFC North. No, it uh, is no not. it's not. Yeah, we we haven't covered the Steelers. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought I thought because we were doing I forgot about it. Well, that's not it, folks. Um, <laughs> you can just we can cross them out. It's fine. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> uh, go, let's go over this uh, roster. Quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph. Dwayne Haskins, running back Najee Harris, the 24th pick in the draft, and Anthony McFarland, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels. At wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington for now, Tarek, tight end, Eric Ebron, Pat Firemuth, and Zach Gentry. Um, I like I like your James Washington for now. For now. He's not getting traded, man. He's not getting, no, he's not getting <laughs> traded. I mean, which sucks for him because right now they have Juju Smith Schuster, who finishes wide receiver 16 last year. They have Deontay Johnson, who finishes wide receiver 22 last year. They have Chase Claypool, who finishes wide receiver 23 last year. They have three wide receivers on that team that finished as wide receivers, wide receiver twos last year. Yep. Now that that is crazy. Well, and and that goes right back to you remember how before I said you know the Browns threw it like 460 times, but the Bengals threw it 100 more times at you know 560. Well, the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers here, they threw the ball f- 652 times last year. More than the Browns. So that's <laughs> like, two, yeah, exactly. That's like 200 more passing attempts than the Browns. Yeah. Uh, and, yes. and Ben Roethlisberger's elbow is about to fall off. So yeah. there we go. He's gone. Well, it, well, well the, that's why they went out and drafted a running back in the first guy, the first round to take a little bit more of that pressure off of Ben Roethlisberger. Right now, sticking to wide receivers. I mean, listen, for, for fantasy football purposes – we don't need to sit here and dwell on Ben Roethlisberger. His arm looked a little shot. He has lost some weight. So if we get a little bit of that strength back this year, um, it's going to help. I think more so it's going to help anybody that's going to help Chase Claypool. Because uh, Chase Claypool could really stretch the field out there. 
I think I think this flips. I think Juju becomes the third best fantasy asset on this team at wide receiver. I think Johnson's in position to be the wide receiver one for the team because he was the most targeted wide receiver on the field when he was on the field with Ben Roethlisberger. So he offers the most upside to be wide receiver one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which would then give you more more opportunity to be a high end wide receiver two to a wide receiver low end wide receiver one. I think they finish all as wide receiver twos. Oh well, not all of them. I think Claypool and Deontay do. They're but Chase can be a really fancy asset if Big Ben can get his arm back a little bit because he could be a deep threat down the field. He's somebody that can really stretch the field. So give Ben Roethlisberger some spinach, see if he can get his arm a little bit stronger and get the ball downfield. <laughs> Claypool Thank led you. all rookie wide receivers in touchdowns last year with 11. Um, he had nine receiving and two rushing. So this is a guy who has great speed, uh, shown this preseason in the Hall of Fame game. That were, and, and I, was go so, as well. I was so scared he was hurt. Oh, well, you I would have felt really the bad. Ball like that. So... I like, I mean, for these receivers, I like Claypool. I like Deontay Johnson here. Yeah, those are those are the two guys that I like as well. Um, you know, Roethlisberger, this, this is one of these weird, very odd teams. Um, they're obviously just trying to make a run here. They've got a, when I look at their contracts, they've got a bunch of really weird looking contracts with, like Ben Roethlisberger's on it. On this is his final year of his deal, but he's got like, four voided years trying to stretch out his, his signing bonus. And you see the exact same thing with Eric Ebron and Juju Smith's Schuster. So they're like trying to like pace this thing together for one last run with one Ben. Run. The so last dance. I'm, I'm very curious to see, I guess the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers after Ben Roethlisberger is gone. And, and kind of when a lot of these veterans are kind of, I, I think they're going to get forced off the team. I mean, obviously the, the salary cap is a, a, a myth, and if they want to keep some of them, they can. But they're just—they have some very odd contracts. Um, so I just kind of wanted to, to, I guess, put that out there as a as a something in the back of your head uh, when you're looking at this team and, and kind of where they're going in the future. Yeah, it, it, it shocked me the most that Juju was wide receiver 16 overall in the last year. Just so. on targets. Yeah. Tons of targets out there because he doesn't have any juice. Like he's not he's not making any big plays. It, it is a very it's all close to the line of scrimmage. He caught it for A-dot. six yep. yards. Congratulations. Yep. So they do draft Najee Harris like we mentioned before. He's gonna get a ton of touches and looks in the passing game at running back. The old line is horrendous. Uh, even out of camp right now here, it's still horrendous. But he should still flirt with running back one numbers just on volume alone. He, I mean, he's he a very viable pass to catch running back. So I, I missed the Hall of Fame game. I was out of town this okay. weekend. I did watch like his specific highlights. Um, so it was, it was one of those things where, if if that's going to be the offensive line that Ben Roethlisberger is behind and and um, uh, Najee Harris, it's going to be a slow, a little bit of a slow burn or a slow go here to, at least to start the season. So. They they really do need to uh, improve in that area uh, quite a bit, and and when they when they do blow this thing up, I, I you know that's probably one of the places that they're going to have to start. But what did they do this year with a thirty nine year old quarterback and and kind of duct tape and and, well, and, and bubble gum holding this thing together? The, the difficult part about this before they got rid or well yeah yeah they got rid before they got rid of David DeCastro, their best offensive lineman. They were projected by PFF to be the 29th ranked offensive line. Now, everybody said, well, but they got Trey Turner, and you know he's going to come in. His PFF score last year, he, he was the guy that they signed from, from the Chargers. Sure. Everybody, was never good at the Chargers. Right. right. Like, he had one of the – so like kind of an average score is like in the 60s for a PFF rating. Last year in over 500 snaps, his was in the 30s. Yeah. So – 
this is not a guy that's going to come in and be the savior. So, but I do agree with what Rich said. I do think on just raw volume alone, even though I have heard good things about Anthony McFarland in camp and said he looks good, I still think that they drafted him to be a three down back. I think he's going to get, you know, the the 220 plus carries. He's going to get the 50 plus targets. Um, he didn't have any room to run, though, in the Hall of Fame game. And that's the Hall of Fame game. It's he, true. He, he still looked good. He was still averaging almost. He almost got five yards per carry early there. I, I thought he looked pretty decent. Okay. I thought he looked right. good. Pretty decent. Right. Um, you know, I watched I, it. I thought he looked good. I, I thought he, he looked like he had some good juice. He looked pretty comfortable in the game. But you're right. It is against second, third string guys. You know, who knows exactly what that's going to be like once it's the real thing. I do, I do worry about that. And it could very well be a situation that we've seen with several of these running backs in the past where it's, yeah, the production is, you know, the old Melvin Gordon where it's 3.9 yards a carry, mm-hmm. and but he just got so many touchdowns and enough work in the passing game that yeah, he was running back 12 on the year. And I think it's going to be Najee's biggest asset here, and what's going to surprise most people is like how viable he's going to be in the passing game. I mean, Mike Tomlin yes, knows how to utilize absolutely. that. It's why Le'Veon Bell was running back one for multiple years, and Najee Harris has good enough hands he actually gets to the outside with his speed and size. So I think... For me, I think Najee, I think one of the most pleasant surprises, not for me personally, but for a lot of the casual fantasy football players because of Najee's size, is how well he's going to do in PPR leagues. Le'Veon Bell was running behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. He was. And this is not. I mean, they lost Bill Villanueva. Nueva, thank you. you Maurice Ponce and DeCastro De in the offseason. So it, those, are, right side. those are three really big pieces and, right. and, and it's going to be very hard for them to, to piece that back together and, and, and kind of move forward. So it, it'll be interesting. I do think you'll get a lot of volume. I think that's probably the plan as to why they drafted him is yeah, to, it's that physical is to hand him the ball an awful lot and, and, and stop, you know, big Ben from getting too beat up. So I do think he's going to get a ton of volume. I'm just, it's worth that. Also, Ben's line's worrisome because, because yeah, reports coming out of Pittsburgh are going into it. Everybody's talking about how bad Pittsburgh's line is, right? Everybody knows, like, oh, the biggest thing for Pittsburgh is going to be the offensive line. It's going to be terrible. Reports I'm hearing, like, as soon as, like, this past week is, you know, reporters went to camp going, it was even worse than I thought it was going to be. It was that bad. To the point where I heard, um, like, a DD, uh, Kikubala, who covers uh, uh, the, the Steelers out there saying, at times, like the defense, they they weren't even like high fiving each other because it was so easy to get by them. They they felt bad for their own own offensive line. So and that's, that's and that's coming up. And they don't even have Bud Dupree from last year who left in free agency. Yeah. So it's TJ Watt and and I can't remember who was the well, other. Yeah, Cam Hayward out there Hayward, too. It's still yeah. a really good defense. Yeah, yeah. Still, the sure. defensive line is arguably the best defensive Bush, line of all football. Uh, Devin Bush. Yeah. So Bush. There you go. So it's it's that's more worrisome for Ben. And is Ben going to want to do the same thing before where he was very tentative? He's dumping the ball off. But if he does, again, I think that falls in line with Najee Harris. I can see Najee Harris because his offensive line is so bad. Catch 65 footballs just because he's going to get so many dump off passes from sure. Ben. So I think Najee Harris is a sneaky running back one candidate. 65 catches, 320 yards. Yeah. <laughs> Strictly on, Might not be far off. on the way this team is going to be built. And he can put up running back one numbers. If he didn't, if he finished it with like David Montgomery's finished, right? Which is again, just David Montgomery's a okay running back who just fed a ton of footballs. We're going to talk about him on the next show where Najee Harris to be that not only is he getting all the carries, but he's going to catch 65 footballs, even if it's for 325 mm-hmm. yards, which would be good enough for high end one 
running back numbers. If he gets, if he flirts with 1,100 rushing yards, which shouldn't be crazy to do either for him. So, in a 17 game season, and you know all of the touches that we expect him to get, I it's keep definitely in the realm getting of about that extra game. Yeah, so, the, so I know, right? 1500, 1600 all purpose yard with those amount of receptions could end up being a very high end fantasy asset for the 2021 season. But at the same time, that might come to hurt the receivers because of this offensive line. And of course, they have Pat Fryermuth, who looks really good out there. Eric Ebron, we all know about Eric Ebron at this uh, point. I like Fryermuth a ton. We all liked him coming out here. Yep. He's looking Absolutely. really good in camp. But like you said, we don't know what the Steelers are going to look like in 2022, let alone 2023. Absolutely. It's going to be a But a lot one. of good assets here. Deontay Johnson, Chase Killypool, you want to own. Um, I'm not a huge Juju fan, never have been, but you still want to own him. Pat Fryermuth the great. And of course, Najee Harris. All right. That's it. That's it. Now we're done, right? Now we're For done. For real this time. All right. So we'll be back next week. What's next week's show going to be about? There's only one way to find out, and that's tune in to the Dynasty Nerds podcast. Make sure you get up. Get on uh, DynastyNerds.com for all our great content and join the Nerd Herd today. And if you're at, if you're in and around Canton, Ohio this weekend, yes. stop by the Fantasy Football Expo this Sunday from 10 to 4. Not only will the Dynasty Nerds team be there, and you can come say hi to us and give us a high five in person. We're going to have tons of stuff to get away, like Dynasty Nerds gear, stickers, a Yeti cooler, Ooh. the nicest Yeti cooler out there. Um, but every other analyst will be out there as well, from Dynasty Trade Calculator to DLF, to Dynasty Rewind, Michael Liu. There's going to be so many. The Ball Blast uh, crews. There's so many, from Michael Clay to Scott Fish. Mm-hmm. There's going to be so many analysts out there to come talk to and just mingle. Please stop by and say hello. Until then, we'll be back next week. Adios.